So this, this whole series that we're in is this idea that God speaks. And um, this morning, what I want to do is, is I want to kind of talk about uh, the awkwardness of this idea that the prophetic is one of these gifts that we as Christians can walk into. I want to talk a little bit about what it means for us as a body and kind of how we walk in this. And so I am... Um, if, you're, if you haven't heard me speak before, uh, I'm not very formal, and so I'm, I'm just going to keep it informal as we walk through. Is that okay with you guys? Okay, good. So, uh, you know, when, when Brian Robinson asked me to come speak on, on prophecy and this idea that God might reveal things to me, I had a flood of stories that kind of came to mind. And one of my favorite stories Uh, when this whole thing was brand new to me, like I had just begun to realize that God would choose to reveal himself in this capacity. Uh, I had gone to this conference with uh, Josh Franklin, who's sitting in the corner over there. Hello, Mr. Josh. And uh, we basically had these people that came up to us and they said, hey, there's these things called the gifts of the Spirit. It allows you to move in power and truth and love, and you should do these things. And then they said, okay, so now go into the community and walk this stuff out. And so Josh and I, we huddled together with a friend of ours named Ryan. And we said, okay, okay, yeah, so we're going to, we got this time. Let's go do this. Except for we were pretty chicken and um, we didn't really know how to do this. So we decided that we would do what all Christians do. We just go get some lunch instead. And so, you know, Jesus, he broke bread and, you know, that was very like holy and sacred. And so we decided uh, that we would go to Wendy's. <laughs> and so we, 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 we hopped in the car, the three of us, and we decided we were going to start running down to, to Wendy's and maybe God would show up. I mean, I don't know. And we didn't really know. This is the day one of this conference thing. We didn't really know how this thing was going to go. It was pretty crazy. Um, but anyway, on the way there, my cell phone rings. And it's a, it's a colleague of mine. And she says, hey, Brian, I'm sitting here in the hospital. And uh, this person next to me, uh, their spouse is going in for surgery. And they wanted to know if you would be willing to pray for them. And so I'm sitting here driving along the road. And I thought, whoa. Like, maybe, maybe something can show up. You know, this guy. So, you know, I do, I do my best. I said, hi, this lady is a complete stranger. And I say, so what's going on? She says, oh, her husband's having this procedure. So I pray and stuff. And then it gets crazy. Um, so as I get done praying, my colleague, uh, she takes the phone back and said, hey, while you were praying, someone else heard that we were praying for people. And they asked if they could receive prayer, too. And I said, I said, well, yeah, I think, I think we can do that. We're not at Wendy's yet. So, <laughs> so I, I, I decided that I would share in this experience, and I gave the phone to Josh. I was like, Josh, look, there's somebody who wants prayer. And so then Josh prayed for this person. And then uh, it just got crazier and crazier because then someone else was in the waiting room. I guess this is what happens. You're sitting in a waiting room, and the next thing you know, someone else asked for prayer. So then this guy, Ryan, who was with us, he got a chance to pray for somebody and then, you know, we just kept passing the phone around as people were in the waiting room. And I, I wasn't there, so I don't know what it looked like. But I imagine there was just like this line, you know, like people are waiting for a number at like the public's <laughs> deli counter, you know, they're just like next, you know, they're coming in. And we're praying for people in this hospital. And it is wild. And then finally, we get to the last person. 
And the phone comes back to me, and this sweet lady, she says, you know, she's kind of like this half hotline, like, I don't, she's like, yeah, so my, uh, she goes, my, my, my husband is going in for heart surgery, and I said, okay, and so I started to pray, and I said, God, I ask that you would bring healing to his feet and his ankles, and God, I just ask that all the pain would go away right now, and then as I'm praying this, I begin to wonder, like, like, oh my gosh, I have just ruined this entire day. Because she said, would you please pray for my husband? He's going in for heart surgery. And I've landed on his feet and his ankles. You know, like, I, I just, I was embarrassed. Like, I thought, like, do I tell Josh and Ryan? Like, maybe I just tell them, like, I, you know, do I need to come clean? Did I just mess this whole thing up? And so I continued to pray, and then I thought, I need to land somewhere. It's kind of like when you're writing in those birthday cards, you write yourself into a corner, and you're not sure where to go next. And so I was like, in Jesus' name, amen. And I just, I was, I was embarrassed. I had the high of hearing some things, and then I had the low of praying for this guy who's going for heart surgery and praying for his feet and his ankles. And I was completely embarrassed. And um, it was exacerbated by the fact that there was no like breathing, no words on the other side of the line. And I thought, oh man, what a bummer this is. And then in the stillness, she says, how, how did you know? And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, no what? And she goes, how did you know that my husband had neuropathy? And I said, at that point, I, I didn't know what neuropathy was, but I said... <laughs> I debated whether or not I was going to tell that portion, but like, look, let's be honest. I didn't know what neuropathy was, but I said, you know what, ma'am, I, I don't know what your husband has or doesn't have. I just know that I was led to pray in a way that, that God told me to do this, and I think that he is with you and he's for you. And then it was just dead silent. And by the way, if you don't know neuropathy, neuropathy is this condition where people can have pain in the extremities, like their feet and their ankles or in their hands, where it goes in numbness. And so anyway, uh, my friend uh, uh, who's in the hospital, she comes back in and she says, Brian, I don't know what you said to that lady, um, but I'm going to need to call you back. <laughs> and, and she called me back and she said that the lady had just lost it. And, um, you know, when we were singing this song this morning that, you know, feeling as if we're surrounded, as if the enemy is all around us. This woman was sitting in that hospital that day with that feeling that she was completely surrounded by the problems that were plaguing her husband. Yes, he was there for heart surgery, but his body was failing in so many different capacities. And what prophecy is, more than anything else, it's a revelation that God is there and he is with us. We say that we are surrounded by, the, by his angels, by the presence of the Father, and when prophecy comes in and all of its awkwardness and weirdness it's a moment where all of a sudden we realize that we are not alone, that God is there with us. And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about more things like prophecy, okay? And my hope is, is that you will be with me in embracing this idea that it's otherworldly, which means that it feels weird, but my hope is that by the end of today, you feel encouraged to embrace the awkwardness that comes when you feel things from the Father. Because when you do, you have a way to minister to others like, like you would never get the opportunity to do. 
And that's not to mean that we don't choose to continue to minister in all the practical ways. Every time we read about the prophetic gifts and the gifts of the Spirit, it's always sandwiched with this idea that in love is the greatest thing of all, right? Like in all of these, but love, right? So the idea is, is that, look, like we're going to talk about one aspect, one expression of God revealing himself. But I hope that you also hear today that, look, this is just one way. And God may choose to move on you in ways that are completely different, that maybe don't look like prophecy. They may look like practical hands and feet and helps for other people. Keep doing those things because that's what all of this is about. It's about us being the expression of God and love for people who desperately need someone to show up in their life. Let's take a look at this scripture. So earlier this uh, week, I was in a um, Bible study, and this Bible study is doomed to fail. Um, They get together at 545 in the morning, so this thing is never going to explode. There's never going to be lots of people here that may be by design. We've had a mass exodus of people who have left. Um, It's just, it's it's a bad, no, it's actually a fantastic group. Um, but we read this portion of scripture today, uh, this week, and it just struck me. Like, I, I love the way that it lands. So this is Jesus. He's talking to the Samaritan woman, um, and, and they're at the well. You know this story. I'm sure many of you do, but I, I would love for you to try to uh, allow yourself to not be desensitized to some of the details. If you hear the story over and over again, you breeze through it. But let's try to allow ourselves to get into this spot. So Jesus is talking to this woman. He's talked about living water. He's talked about a whole bunch of um, mystical things about worship and everything else. And then he says, he says, all right, you know what? Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I, I, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you know, you're right in saying that you have no husband for, you know, in reality, you have five husbands. And the one you now have, it's actually not your husband at all. So what you said is true. You have no husband, right? And the woman said to him in response, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. (laughs) To me, I felt like that was such a, like, this encapsulates the awkwardness of what prophecy can be like sometimes. Like, like here we are having a regular conversation about things. Maybe we're talking about spiritual things. And then all of a sudden, a revelation comes. It's like this. It's like, well, why don't you call your husband? I don't have a husband. That's right. You actually have had five and the one you're with now. And it's like this weird moment. And, and, And even sometimes the person who's receiving it, they don't really know how to respond. Like, I keep trying to put myself in this Samaritan woman's spot like how would I respond to this like there's this awkwardness that comes with prophecy we're like you know I don't what do I say to that well I I I can see that I guess you're a prophet right like it's this it's this awkwardness it's this weirdness and maybe for some of those of us who come to RCC we've been struggling as a Samaritan woman with what to make sense of this thing that we call prophecy. Even in sharing some of the amazing testimonies that came just a little while ago, we're like, but what, how, how, do, I, how do I participate in that? How do I make sense of that? How do I use that? Like, or what's the, what's the real value of that? And, you know, we have this time where we have prayer ministry where we say, Holy Spirit, come, and we put our hand on his shoulder and we wait. It's like, well, why do we do it that way? What, What is the purpose of that? And yet, we know that there's the stories that we had today. There was this passage in Scripture that says that this kind of thing happens. And then we have some more Scriptures, too, that just kind of continue to add to it. So in John chapter 14, if we go from 4 to 14, 
we see this passage where Jesus is coming and he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. So Jesus kind of, he kind of understood things that weren't seen and then he acted upon them, right? Um, I feel like if I was walking in prophecy, I should have known that phone was going to ring like, hey, this is so-and-so. No, these jokes are for me. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I also feel like God is telling me that someone's needed in the walkers, J2A3. No, I'm just kidding. That's a, all right. This is why I don't speak often, because it goes off script and things get bad. Uh, so, uh, so Jesus says that we would have these gifts and that we would do these things, which is okay. So we've got to wrestle with that. We've got another passage up here. Where, you know, despite the experiences we just talked about and what the uh, last, let's go to the next scripture here. Uh, I believe the next one is uh, Romans 12. Look how quickly we can flip there. Um, You know, the scriptures also say that, you know, if you have the gift of prophecy, then you need to use it in proportion to your faith, right? And then lastly, if we go into this, this other one here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we get this long laundry list of these ideas of revelation leading us into um, application. And so sometimes there might be an utterance of wisdom or knowledge that we might hear things that would prompt us to move in faith, that we might have an opportunity of healing, that we might have the opportunity of miracles and prophecies as it continues to go down in that particular scripture there. Um, and that we would have all of these different things that would be at our disposal. And so for me, even at this stage there, I've had experiences that are extremely numerous. I still sit with the awkwardness of like, so what, 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 why do we have this to be part of the faith or the expression that we walk in? And as I've been wrestling with that this week and in preparation for today, you know, I... I, I, I was remembering back on a number of stories, uh, both what I read in the scriptures and then what I've experienced. And um, as I've walked through those stories, I'm beginning to get a sense or an idea about why prophecy exists. And even further, why we as a church family should embrace it in order to be an expression of God in people's lives. So uh, I'm just going to take you guys on the same journey that I went on. So I'm going to share some more stories. So a while back, uh, I was in Kids Crew. Kids Crew is phenomenal. We had that plug earlier for serving. It's an incredible place to serve. And I can remember one day in the middle of worship when the kids are kind of unruly and kind of running around and stuff, I began to have this impression and these memories and these visions about when my family had made a move from Florida to Kentucky. I was in seventh grade. And I began to remember all of the challenges that were associated with that move and how hard it was for me to make friends. And I started to have memories about how much I longed to be back in sixth grade with my old friends at my old school. And um, I remember having this moment thinking, like, that's weird. Like, I'm kind of making sure that one kid doesn't punch another kid, that another kid doesn't, like, trip over another one. Why am I having all of these memories about when I was in seventh grade about that time that I really missed my friends? And then I thought, you know what? Maybe this is something that God is doing today. 
And so we got done with worship, and I went and I sat in the front, uh, like, uh, I, I don't know if you guys follow Instagram, but it might have even been one of those days. I felt like I got Insta-famous last night. I was sitting down with these kids. This is how I talk in kids' group. And one of these kids, uh, you know, he was sitting right next to me, and I said, hey, guys, you know, when I was in worship, I just felt as if that God was reminding me of this time when. And I don't know if anybody else is going through a similar time. And this kid sitting right next to me raises his hand, and he says, I recently had to move, and I am really sad that I can't be with the friends that I used to play with. And I said, well, gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. And um, I said, you know, and I spoke to the group at large, I said that, you know, when things like this happen, sometimes we pause because it may mean that God is trying to speak right now into our friend's life. So, you know, I had this word, we stopped, someone says this word is applying to me, let's see if God would have anything else to say. And so we asked the Holy Spirit to come. And then it was like nothing I've ever been a part of before in kids' crew. Kids started, I mean, things happened there, but this was a special day. And kids started to raise their hands, and they started to say, I feel as if God is saying this for this student. And then another one went up, and then another one. And they started to speak truth into this kid's life. And they started to say things like, I see that you are part of God's family. I see that, um, I see that you have bullies at lunch who do this, but this is what God is saying. And they started to go through all these crazy things, which you're like, I was like, man, I wish this was recorded somewhere. Like, this is the prophetic, like, operating in, like, perfection for this little, this little kids' crew section. And so we went through this whole thing, and then we decided that we were going to bless and encourage the student. And I'm aware, like, man, what a powerful time that this kid got to hear, like, these words spoken of truth over them. And so when the uh, kids' crew service was done, I decided, you know, I really should probably talk to the mom, because we don't normally do this kind of thing, and just in case, you know, I don't know. I'm going to tell the mom this is what happened today. So the mom came to pick up the student, and I, I came up to her, and I said, hey, I just want to let you know that we did something a little different in kids' crew today. Um, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we, we prophesied over your child. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> uh, which basically was it, but the mom said, so what were some of the words that you guys said? And so I started to share some of the words, and I could tell that when I started to share that um, something was going on, um, but I wasn't sure what, but I felt like something was going on. And, uh, and as I shared one of the words, um, the mom um, visibly left in a hurry uh, and had started to cry, and I, at that point, wasn't sure if it was anger or if it was God doing something, but I know that as they ran out of the room, I mean, like, very hurriedly, if not run, ran out of the room, the door swung behind him and slammed, and I thought, I messed up somehow. Like, I, maybe we shouldn't have gone for it like this. Like, maybe this was inappropriate. Maybe you shouldn't do these kind of things with kids. Maybe we shouldn't have allowed these things to go on. And so I was going through all these thoughts in my head, and I thought, well, it's time for me to self-report. And so I went to Shay, and I said, Shay, uh, <laughs> I made a mess, <laughs> and uh, I need you to um, be aware that I think I really upset one of the moms, and um, I'm, I'm sorry. 
And she's like, well, Brian, what did you say? I was like, well, this is what happened. <laughs> so I went through the whole thing again. And then about five or so minutes later, the mom comes back up and she says, hey, I just need to apologize and let you know what happened. And I said, okay. She goes, so this morning, <clears throat> I was dealing with a lot of chronic issues with this child. And I, you know, I, things were ugly between all of us and, and it just, it was not the best morning and things were out of control and I had entertained the idea that it just would not be appropriate if I allowed this, this child to come and participate in kids' crew because it would just been like a natural consequence for the actions. It just didn't make sense to allow this, this child to come in. But when I came to the church, I felt like I heard say, God say, but what if I have something for him and kids' crew? And then as you started to share this story with me, I just, I was taken back that, 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 that God would move that way. And then when I asked you to start sharing the words that were given, the very wounds that I felt that this child was dealing with were the very words that were spoken over them, and I couldn't handle it. And I had to leave because I just, I was overwhelmed by God showing up, especially in a place where, you know, it sounded as if this parent felt like they had some gaps, they had some desires, they wished for some different experiences, and they just weren't able to give them. And that God would come alongside and with his spirit continue to parent where this child needed love and encouragement it just blew this mom away. You know, I've got another story, and then we'll go to a close because we went a little long today. I, um, you know, since that first time of riding in the car to Wendy's to today, I've gotten an opportunity to experience God bring about revelations in so many different capacities. Everything from knowing about people's family members and childhoods and specific events and, um, and feeling encouraged and equipped to step out, even though sometimes I totally bomb and I miss because of those moments when things go well. And I asked um, the Kellers, who um, are, are part of this RCC family, they now live in Nassau County, if I could share this story, and they said it was okay. So when Chris and Andre were pregnant, they, um, they received a lot of news from medical professionals about specific outcomes and conditions that their, uh, their baby boy would have to face um, as he exited the womb and came into this side. And it was extremely challenging for them, and so oftentimes they would come forward to prayer ministry to receive prayer. I can remember one time specifically where my wife and I, Carly, we came alongside them. And, you know, I felt as if I was hearing so many wonderful things that I ought to share with the Kellers. 
And so, like, I was hearing this, and I was hearing that, and I was sharing this, and I was sharing that, and I was giving scripture. I mean, I, I felt like I was spitting prophecy, like, like it was a beautiful thing. And I mean, I, I don't know if it was good or not, but I felt like, man, this is some powerful stuff. I mean, it felt great for, for me. I mean, I don't know if it was good for them, but it felt great. I felt like it was something. And then my wife, Carly, who, you know, she would, you know, I think she would say to you that she doesn't feel as if, she hears things like I may say that I hear things, you know? And she may not feel as if she's had the same kind of experience that I've had. I can remember her sitting there, and she had her arm on Audra's shoulder, or her hand on Audra's shoulder, and she goes, yeah, you know, I, I don't hear things like Brian at all. I just heard this one word, and I just hear the word brave. And as she said that, like Chris and Audra, like, they were overcome with emotion. And Chris, you know, in his manly, you know, shoulder-shrugging way, said, we had just made the decision last night that we were going to call him Everett Brave and that that was going to be his name. And in that moment, God had brought a revelation that in the midst of all the things that are happening in their life, of all the negativity and all the words and how they felt as if they were surrounded by the enemies in a way that was crushing, that God revealed that he was there too. And it didn't mean necessarily that there wouldn't be any challenges. It didn't mean that all trials and sufferings would go, but it did mean that they weren't alone, that there were the people of God that were in this church that would walk with them, but in addition to that, in a special way, so was the Father. Because how would Carly know that they made the decision just last night to call their kid brave? How would they know? How would we know that the guy who went in for heart surgery also had neuropathy? You know, how would we know that the woman at the well who happened to be there had had five husbands and the one she with now was not even her husband? How would we know these things? And this is my encouragement and this is my um, recommendation to you as a church family today is that, look, if you're sitting in a place of tension of not understanding how all of prophecy works, of not understanding, like, am I equipped or capable? Like, how do I do this thing? This would be my simplest of recommendations for you, is that if you're moving from a place of love, if you're moving from a place of love, and you feel something that begins to bubble up inside of you, that you would take the opportunity to risk and say, you know what, with humility, I don't understand why I feel this, why I think this, why I feel like I should say this, but this has been something that has been on my heart and I wanted to say this to you now. Because when you do, we have an opportunity to bring revelation to a father who is standing with people in the midst of their suffering and their trials and their hardships in a way that we can't comfort by natural means. When we have moments of encounters with the prophetic, we realize that God is there, that God is with us, that God is for us, that we're not alone. You know, it says in um, John chapter 8, Jesus is talking and he says that the truth will set you free. 
Prophecy is the exclamation, the revelation, the uncovering, the, the, uh, the expression of truth where people are. And when they get that truth that they're not alone, that this isn't the end, that it's not all is lost, that, that, that God is there, it brings freedom in ways that people could never hope or manage to gather or walk through. So let's stand. Holly's going to come up in just a minute. But I feel like God is doing some things in our midst this morning. The one thing I feel like he's doing is, is that there's some of you who work in business. And I don't know if you've ever heard someone from the front of the stage call you a prophet. But I feel like this morning God is wanting to say that when you are sitting in those places and you get revelation and you get understanding about the things that are happening and the things that will be and you speak and you move into a place that brings like abundance and brings success within the business, that God is in that and you are operating in the gift of prophecy. And this isn't a prosperity gospel. This is actually Old Testament Joseph where Joseph, he heard and understood the dreams of the Pharaoh. And because of that, he was able to save the people of Israel he was able to save the people of Egypt because he heard. And God is doing the same thing within your business where he gives you visions and understanding. And because of your willingness to hear and risk and step out, you're allowed to care for the people of God in ways that they wouldn't otherwise be cared for. And so I feel like that's a word for some of these people here is that, look, the way the prophetic has moved in your life has not manifested itself in the ways that we typically talk at at church. But in reality, it's, it's just as important. And it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. You can see it there. It's, it's the understanding and the revelation of the things that God is doing in order that his people might be cared for. Genesis 37 through 47 is my favorite story in all of scripture. I mean, Jesus is good, but that's a really good one, okay? You need to read that. I also feel as if um, there's some people who have been walking through this season, and Holly mentioned some of it earlier, where it feels as if you've heard nothing, And even in the story of Joseph that I just mentioned, he had revelation after revelation, but there was periods of times, like just before he gave his word to Pharaoh, he was in prison for two years. I feel like there's some of you here that feel as if you've been walking through a prison of sorts for two years, and you're beginning to wonder, like, I once thought I was special. I once thought I heard from God, but gosh, I haven't seen it play out. And I feel like for those of you who are here this morning, that the invitation is to come and receive from the Father. And I feel like there's some here that as we've just started to tiptoe into this idea that you've decided that, you know what, from like a shepherd's heart, if this is how I can care for others, God, give me boldness that I might be able to walk into this. And I would encourage you as Holly calls people forward to come that you might be um, encouraged and blessed and equipped to walk in this way too.